Contracts, salary caps. Why do our favorite teams make some of the moves they do? It's usually the money. It's time for the business of sports with Andrew Brandt. Hey guys, it's me, Andrew. I didn't plan on doing a podcast uh, these few days, but the people have spoken. <laughs> Got to give the people what they want. I've been getting a lot of requests to do a pod about all these issues happening sort of in my wheelhouse in the NFL this week. It's really amazing what it means to be covering the NFL. seems like all media is now sort of do what I do, which is cover the business and legal aspects of sports, specifically the NFL. And it's all happening. So I thought I'd give my thoughts on a kind of impromptu ad hoc business of sports podcast Apologize right away for the kind of raspy voice. I'm fighting a bad cold. I'm not sure what I got. It's sort of the weather's turning. I was out in, I don't know, bike ride last week for 50 miles. It was 70 degrees. And then the next day it got cold. It's a little cool back here on the East Coast, but uh, trying to heal up. Got a lot of travel coming up. Speaking about a lot of the sports gambling cases next week. Uh, doing a panel with uh, Howie Roseman, kind of the leading leading for executive of the year this year with the Eagles. So healing up a little bit. But I, I wanted to talk about a few things going on in the NFL that are obvious. But let's start with uh, Zeke Elliott. Everyone keeps asking, is this it? Is this it? I'm recording on Thursday, November 9th. We have just got word that the NFL has won this round. In other words, the Second Circuit Court of Appeals in New York, which ironically, not ironically, but seems to be obviously – <laughs> the one that handled the Brady case ruled against Elliot. They ruled against Tom Brady. They ruled against Elliot. Today, the hearing ended, and within minutes, literally minutes, an opinion came out saying that Ezekiel Elliott's request for the injunction was denied. What that means in football terms, suspension back on. Six-game suspension is on. There's no court date coming up. There's no emergency court date coming up tomorrow or the next day or Monday or Tuesday. So the next four games at least, Ezekiel Elliott will not play. There's no chances. It's over for that. Now, he's got an emergency case on December 1. I could get in a lot of legalese of what that is. But listen, here's the football equivalent here. It's a Hail Mary. Ezekiel Elliott's not going to win that case on December 1. He has... Had a district court in New York and now an appellate court in New York rule against him. Now, he got an administrative stay last weekend to sort of let him have the weekend. But that's basically what it was. It was like a furlough for three days until the court abruptly, swiftly decided against him. I don't see any way Zeke Lowe going to avoid the six-game suspension. And then the NFLPA has to decide whether to pursue it all the way to a court case like the Tom Brady case in the same circuit a couple years ago, which I think he will lose. So this has not gone well for Elliott. Listen, here's what the court's saying in the Adrian Peterson case, in the Tom Brady case, and in the Elliott case, in simplest forms, three letters, CBA. This is the contract that the players and owners agree to. This is the contract that Ezekiel Elliott, as part of the union, is having to abide by. They don't like the fact that Goodell is not an impartial arbitrator. Well, yeah, he's on the other side. But that's what they agreed to. Now, I know everyone says, well, he's overreaching. 
Well, when it was Ray Rice, he only gave him two-game suspension. He was underreaching. So, listen, do I think Roger Goodell has put his stake in the ground in this area of conduct and player discipline? Yes. Do I think he's been overreaching? Yes. Do I think it's going to change? No. Do I think the union made it a priority before to try to change it? Yes. They told me in 2011, Goodell's jumped the shark. We're going to try to bring this thing back. Well, that was a priority going into negotiations. Never happened during negotiations. And then when their court strategy failed that time, they ran back and made a deal and commissioner power was not even touched. Is the union going to make a big deal of it in 2020, the next round of bargaining? I doubt it. It's a shiny object we all look to. I think the owners would love it if that was something they made a big issue. And then what are they going to give back? What are they going to give back? Everything's a negotiation. So Elliott's a big loser today. Now he got to play this first half of the season. Cowboys fans can debate whether that was a good thing or a bad thing as we go into these tougher games now with no Zeke Elliott playing Atlanta, Philadelphia, and others coming up. We'll see what happens. But again, we're back to where we were. Tens of millions of legal fees later with all these cases. I'm told legal fees for the Elliott side alone on this case have gone past a million dollars. And what we're left with is where we started. We always get back to where we started, which is the CBA. And yes, we can argue whether Goodell should allow the witness to testify, the complaining witness, the girlfriend. We can argue whether he should have listened to the investigator that did not believe her, as opposed to the investigator that he did listen to, who was the boss of the one that didn't believe her. So, but and the court is basically saying, so what? So what? That's the process. It's not completely fair. And really, this Article 46, the, the part of the CBA that says the commissioner has this power, has flipped the whole paradigm, which is usually courtside with labor. But here they courtside with management because that's how it's set up. It's rigged. And the players agreed to it. I just keep coming back to the same thing I say after every one of these cases. I I get it. The NFLPA has had some success at the lower court levels, as they did in Brady, as they did here in Elliott, but they end up losing. And they've spent so many dollars trying to get in litigation what they can never get in negotiation. Try to get in negotiation. See if there's any way you can get an independent panel with Goodell, with a union rep. Within a jointly agreed upon third person, maybe that's a way to go where the NFL would not ask for anything or anything dramatic to make that happen. <clears throat> so that's Elliot. Speaking of the Cowboys, always in the news, the most popular team, at least ratings wise. Well, their owner is making a big deal about Roger Goodell. We get back to Goodell. And it's related to Zeke Elliott because I think this is all kind of coming uh, from the Zeke Elliott case, now these owners compartmentalize well. Jerry Jones, who's the band leader among the NFL owners, it seems, on many matters, was way behind Goodell, was in his corner, was saying what a great job he was doing for all these years, even when he was suspending Tom Brady, even when he was pissing off Robert Kraft. But that's what they do. They compartmentalize. It's not his player. Now it is his player. And he feels a couple things. They think he feels a little bit betrayed that he got some kind of information that Zeke wouldn't be suspended. I don't know about that. I have no knowledge of that. 
But now we talk about this battle over Roger Goodell's compensation. A couple things. I think some, obviously Goodell does himself no favors. His disservice, he's robotic and corporate and scripted and guarded and doesn't appear to be human. I know there's that side of him. I've seen it. He doesn't allow it to be out there. I think owners don't want it out there. They want the strong-jawed, iron-fisted corporate commissioner, which he has become. But here's the thing. Jerry Jones seems to want a different kind of compensation structure. Whereas most of these owners are ready to give Goodell the 30 plus million guaranteed money that they think he deserves, that he's always gotten, that would amount to, I don't know, $200 million over a number of six, seven years. But Jones is saying, no, we need to make it incentive based, just like we do with players, performance based. We shouldn't be handing over this kind of money to Goodell, who he's upset with about Zeke Elliott and other reasons, specifically the protests that are hurting NFL business. Here's the problem. Jones is not going to win this battle because it seems like Goodell has so much support from other owners. And maybe the battle he wins is some kind of change in structure and compensation. There's two key items that we talk about when we talk about a potential uh, contract, which are the CBA and the upcoming media deals, they lend themselves to potential performance-based incentive contract. Now, could they structure something for Goodell like that? Sure they could. Reports are Goodell doesn't want it that way. Does he have the base of support where he can get the full guarantee, $200 million, whatever it is? Or is he going to have to go into an incentive-based contract like Jerry Jones wants? Listen, that, I think, is the most dramatic thing that may come out of this. For those who think that Goodell is going to block him from being commissioner, I don't know about that. I don't think there's ever a thought here that he would not get an extension as commissioner. And people are talking about, you know, this person would be potential replacements. I got a call from media saying, I heard you could be on a potential list of replacements for Goodell. I'm flattered, but that job's not opening up. (coughs) It's not opening up. I mean, the only issue is whether he gets an extension this way, guaranteed, or this way, which is more performance incentive-based, like Jerry Jones wants. And now we've got dueling owners, and Arthur Blank is way behind Goodell on the guarantee part, and Jerry Jones wants incentive-based. Ironically, they play this weekend, Atlanta versus Dallas. They both feel they've been misled. Jones feel that Blank misled him about what they were doing with Goodell, Blank feels Jones misled him about what he was going to do. Jones has a lawyer. He's not trying to sue. He's got no case. What is he going to sue about? Uh, but, you know, he's he's rattling some sabers to see what happens, see what shakes. And he's pissed off about Elliot. Bottom line, where does this go? I think it goes nowhere. I think Jones is trying to get some support to renegotiate what seems to have been negotiated for Goodell. Good luck with that. If he has a band of owners behind him and he tends to get some support, maybe you think of Dan Snyder, maybe a few others that are going to be right in his corner. Doesn't seem like enough, though. Doesn't seem like enough to change. And again, for those who want Goodell out, good luck with that. Even if he's going to be out, he's got a contract through 2019. That's two years. So we'll see what happens. I'm saying the best change that Jones can hope for, or what he's trying to do, that and for the Goodell haters can hope for, is to have 
an incentive-based contract where Roger Goodell really has to, quote-unquote, earn his money. And listen, I understand it. These owners do incentive-based contracts for players and vendors and sponsors and 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 uh, different stakeholders all the time. Why not do it for Goodell? Which leads me to sort of a little, uh, well, I'll do a couple more things. But the main thing is sort of there seems to be this thing in the air like the NFL's in trouble, it's declined. Listen, I don't think it's in decline, but it seems like we're, we're very reactive. There's always these crises and we're reacting and fights, fights among owners, fights between owners and players, fights between the union and the league. We seem to, we got to get past this. I don't think the sport's in trouble because I, I think the games will always win. I think we're in condition to love football. I don't think this is going to bring down the league. I think it's going to be a momentary crisis and the games will win out later in the season when it gets cold, people are watching the playoffs I don't think concussions is going to bring down the NFL. We've had that for years. I don't think social activism is going to bring down the NFL. I don't think bickering amongst owners or bickering amongst owners and players is going to bring down. The real thing I think the NFL has got to be worried about, this is for another podcast. I'm not going to go into that here, is millennials. Not it's just sort of a general catchphrase, millennials. I think we've got to figure out how to attract and maintain a younger audience that is conditioned to consume content in fits and bursts and short bursts, when they want, how they want, at what time they want without commercials. That is something the NFL is going to have to deal with, as do all sports. But in terms of ratings now, ratings are down. Sure, they're down. They're down for baseball. They're down for basketball. They're down for entertainment programming. Listen, the NFL Sunday afternoons getting better than the World Series rating. Entertainment programming's down. Everyone's got more options. That's not going to kill the NFL. Last point, and people are asking me for my time at the Packers, Martellus Bennett, what he's going on here. Failure to disclose injury. I think that something's going on, but it's I've never seen one of these end of the season. He played seven games. The Packers are saying failure to disclose. Something happened in this bye week. He had the Instagram post about retiring at some point later in the year. Obviously, Aaron's injury, it seems to have not set well with him. Uh, I just don't understand what's happening here where you have a failure to disclose on someone that's played seven games. I think the Packers are upset. I think they've had issues with him, and maybe not just now, but throughout the season, and they parted ways. Now we'll see, and he's gone to the Patriots. I know everyone sort of predicted that. That's where he ends up back with Brady, back with the Patriots. But I think the thing to watch now is will the Packers file a grievance? As far as the contract going forward, that's now property of the Patriots. The Packers paid off the first eight games, and but the key is the bonus. <clears throat> Are they going to go after the bonus for a failure to disclose? The last team to do this was New England with a guy named Fanine, and I think they won. That was a guy who didn't play. He was hurt. He didn't play. So uh, Bennett played, and Bennett never went to the training room, I heard. But he's got an injury, I guess, uh, not one that would hold up the, the Patriots from bringing him in. <clears throat> but we'll see. You know, this will be interesting. I was my 10 years at the Packers. I never had one of these. Certainly not someone who went on and played. Maybe in training camp, we had some guys that it always pissed me off when guys would never be in the training room all training camp. And then when we're about to cut them, they show up with injuries because uh, they know the cut's coming. So, you know, again, teams get over on players a lot. Players do get over on teams. It's the way of the world. It's business. But you just hope to 
have enough ethics to do things the right way. I hope we did in Green Bay. And it seems like they're uh, they're thinking they got taken here by Marcel Martellus Bennett. We'll see where that goes. <clears throat> okay, raspy voice, sore throat, cold, and all. That's my impromptu ad hoc business of sports podcast for these this end of the week and uh, November 9th because so much has just happened about NFL business. It's my wheelhouse. I thought I'd give you my thoughts. There it is, Business of Sports Podcast. Thanks for li- listening, of course. You can listen to all these Business of Sports Podcasts at RussTucker.com, at Podcast One, at iTunes, at Stitcher, at TuneIn, wherever you hear your podcasts. Follow me on Twitter, at Andrew Brandt, and I'll be back next week with another edition of the Business of Sports with Andrew Brandt. Thanks for listening to the Business of Sports with Andrew Brandt. Make sure to subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. You can also get additional insider insight by listening to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Fantasy Feast, Even Money, and College Draft Podcast, all at RossTucker.com or wherever podcasts are found.